special guest tonight, and uh, uh, this is Rob Yannick from Gracetown. In uh, what what city, Rob? Westerville. Westerville. Westerville, Gracetown in Westerville. I know Rob's brother, Rusty, and uh, next time Rob comes, Rusty's supposed to be here. Of course, he's supposed to be here tonight, so I have to give him a hard time. But uh, you're in for a treat tonight. This has just been a, a, a great, you know, God makes those connections and different things like that, so we're just excited about what the Lord is doing. Um, how many are going to get ready and vote? Some of you already have. How many have voted? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, there's some stuff out at the red tent there that's going to tell you all, all of what you need to know uh, for Republican or Democrat platform. You need to look at what, they're, what they stand on. What's their platform? Vote Bible. You know, if, you're, uh, you know if, the, if the Republican wasn't doing Bible things, I wouldn't be voting Republican. Right. Okay? So you need to look at what the platform says and, and, and go vote. And uh, so that information is there for you out there. We provide that on purpose so that you have um, uh, a touch and know what to do, you know, because it's, it's that time. And this year we need every believer to get to the polls and, uh, and really state what their faith is saying because we need that. America needs that. I don't think God's done with America. Do you? Come on. I think there's still great stuff. I think the city's great, and I think surrounding counties and communities are great because God still has his people here. You know what will be great? When we're all sucked out of here, then we'll go, okay, we don't have to vote that year. Jesus has already won that vote, and so that'll be good, and then, then, you know, all right. But anyway, we are just pleased. But before I even uh, ask uh, our uh, brother to come up and minister, we do Wednesdays a little bit different than Sundays. We organize it just a little bit different. We're going to go ahead and and receive our offering now, which we normally do at the end of the service. And I'm just, you know, so if you came and are ready to give and, and, you know, and you can help with that, that's awesome. If you came and you're a guest, don't worry about it. You know, we're, we're not here to pick your pocket. We're here just to be obedient to the Lord. So you just ask the Lord what you should do, and God will help you out with that. And uh, just good things are, are, uh, are happening. And, uh, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Some, the student ministry is going to meet next Wednesday at my house. So if you're a student, you should come and see, because we'll if the weather's good, we'll have another campfire. I have another student testimony and, and another teaching. We'll have some good fun. The Wednesday, uh, the following Wednesday or the two weeks after that or something, we're going to Blue Fusion. And, uh, and you can see how wonderfully I bowl. And these students just can't keep up with me. <laughs> Listen, see, she's already giving. She's just helping and she's already Come on. under the bus as soon as I say, there we go. Come on up, Scott. <laughs> How many believe in God because you need God? Yeah. Come on, we need him every day. And, uh, and you just need to just begin to yield and do what he's asking you to do. Isn't obedience the key? I'm excited to talk to you Sunday. And then and in the next week, we're going to talk about some great things that are going to help you. That, that help you with purpose in your life to be able to go, yep, I can do that. We're gonna, I'm going to give you four steps to fight fear Sunday. And I don't know about you, but this time of year, fear is pretty running mm-hmm. rampant. And so we're going to look at how to get rid of that. And then the week after that, I want to show you some things when, hey, I've been praying and I've been praying and we've been agreeing, but I haven't seen anything. I'm going to give you some checkpoints. That's good. This will be checkpoint chicky week. I'm <laughs> going to get all that stuff in. <laughs> do my Barney Five for you in a minute. But I'm telling you, it's just good to be in God's house. Let's give and do what the Lord tells us, and, uh, and we're going to be great. Father. We just thank you for an opportunity to give into your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that 
Uh, you're an amazing God, and it is our privilege because you have sent your son to save us for us to give into your kingdom. So, God, we give you legal access to our finances as we give to you, and we just give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, again, our guest tonight is from Westerville. I like the name of his church, Gracetown. That is a cool name. Thank you. That almost sounds like that flows real. Where do you go? Gracetown. <laughs> this sounds good. It sounds good. But uh, this is our friend. Would you stand to your feet and welcome Rob Yannick and just give him a big God bless you as he comes to the platform. Thanks, Reverend. I appreciate that. Is this on? If we, yes. All right. Well, good evening. I said good evening. I am so glad to be here and to connect with my new friend, your pastor, Pastor Brett. We have a, we have, well, we have a couple mutual friends and we finally have gotten to connect and meet. Um, but I received a text message from my uh, longtime friend, Dr. Dave Martin, and he included him on it and says, you guys definitely need to connect. And so, we have connected, and I am honored to be here tonight. Uh, I really am. Uh, and so my brother is our worship pastor, and um, I had told him a few weeks ago where I was going tonight, and he said, who? And he's like, oh my God, I love him. He's awesome. And, and then I'm like, you know him, you know? So it's pretty cool how, you know what, really? Your life moves at the speed of relationships. Remember that. And it's not ever what you really know in life, but it's who you connect with and who you do life with. And um, I'm honored to be here in Marion. I actually pastored not too far from here for eight years. I pastored in Mansfield, Ohio. Anybody ever been to Mansfield? Yeah, I, I was there for eight years. And then I pastored seven years in Tennessee and was... Could not wait to get back to the cold. God actually called us back here to plant Gracetown Church five years ago. And that's where we were. So uh, I've been married 27 years. My wife, Trisha, is, is, is a nurse. We have five kids. Um, she couldn't keep her hands off me. What do you say, you know? And uh, But our, our oldest is uh, going to be 26, and she's been married three years. We have a 21-year-old son, a 16-year-old son, and then twins that just turned 13 this past weekend, a boy and a girl. And we have two dogs. How about that, right? Uh, we have two dogs. We have a Labradoodle, and we have a Yorkie. We have extremes in our house, I'm telling you. There is never a dull moment in the Yanok household. So, But listen, I'm glad you've come out on a Wednesday night. That's huge. That's huge in the day and hour we live in. I grew up in a church. I grew up in a classical Pentecostal church. We went church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday or Thursday night and then Saturday night youth and then Sunday morning and then Sunday night and we and then if there was revival I don't know about you but there back in the day there's to be things called revivals okay and revivals went for like two weeks you had church every night till midnight I promise not to keep it till midnight all right and uh, so um, open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Matter of fact, you can go and find these notes 
on my website, my, my personal website, which is robbianock.com. And uh, I want to give you an opportunity so you don't have to write real fast. Some of the things are going to be up on the screens also. Um, but I want you to catch this tonight, okay? I've, I've come for one reason. Listen, your pastor is an amazing preacher. He is. How do I know? I've listened to him five times now. Matter of fact, because I think it's really important for pastors who give out week, every week, every day like I do. I, I love podcasts and I love hearing the preaching of the word and I listen to the word of God and messages all the time. And I have subscribed to your pastor. So, and he says some good things. So I'm here not to tear down anything that he's taught you. But I'm here to just add to it and uplift you and encourage you. And I believe somebody's going to take this home tonight. Somebody's going to get this, but somebody's going to forget this. Don't be the person that forgets this. Be the person that gets this. Tap yourself on your head and your heart and say, I'm getting this. Come on, do it again. Tap your head, tap your heart. I'm going to, I'm getting this tonight, all right? So let's look. There are many diverse facets of prayer. Um, we, my prayer life changed last year. Being raised in church, you'd think I knew how to pray, um, but I didn't. I was too busy doing the work of God to pray. I was too busy doing ministry, meeting needs, and, and I had my, my morning rituals. Anybody got morning rituals? I'm an early riser. I like getting up before. While it is still dark, okay, I, I like to get up, I like to get my coffee. How many coffee drinkers in the house? All right, I mean, before the birds get up, I've already had three cups, all right? But then I would immediately go and turn on the news and engulf myself in the news. And I got convicted one December uh, about my mornings, about it really should be dedicated to the Lord, you know, that quiet time. And I began to just totally do away with news. I haven't seen the news in a year. And that includes Fox. I haven't watched the news. I, I catch some of it on Twitter, okay? But that's, I just don't do it. What I do in the morning is I pray. I, I, I don't say nothing. I stay there in silence. I meditate and I read the scriptures, and I have a devotional. I have my little liturgy. Don't, don't get nervous of that word. That just means an order. So I have a prayer liturgy that I go through every morning. It has transformed my life personally. But I can tell you what it also has done. Brought so much hell into my life. Okay? Because here's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to be busy. He wants you watching the news in the morning. My God, I got to watch the news. I got to know what's happening in the world. No, you don't. The world, you need to know what's going on in is God's world. So there's many facets of prayer. And, um, but I believe this one right here that I'm going to talk about tonight will raise the level of your faith. And it will also cause you to believe God for bigger things. It really will. And because I believe that God works in the realm of those things which are impossible. If, it's, if something's possible, you and I are completely capable of doing it. If we're not, we'll find somebody who is, right? If our car breaks down, we will go to a mechanic. Trust me, I can't help you there, all right? 
you know, but you, you'll find a way. But when something's impossible, there's only one person to deal with that. There's only one way to go about that. And that's what I want to talk to you about. So Paul is winding up his prayer here, which is actually a lengthy prayer. And he's praying for the church in Ephesus. And here's what he says. You've seen this before. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask. That's prayer, right? Ask. And then it says, think. That, believe it or not, thinking is also praying. Thinking is meditating. So he goes exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. And according to the power that works in us. I mean, he's going to stretch us here. The Amplified says his power is able to do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Do you have some hopes tonight? Is anybody here have any dreams? Any passions, talking to our kids, and we're very open with our kids, and we're very communicative with our kids. Our kids are very passionate, very uh, type A, very driven, very competitive. Listen, when we have game night, somebody ends up crying. That's how it is. It's crazy, you know, and the boys are rough, and it's just pretty amazing. It's pretty crazy, but, but we talked about our dreams, and my, my little 13-year-old who's in seventh grade, he's going out for basketball, and tryouts were last night, tonight, tomorrow night, so I was talking to him a couple weeks ago about it because there's 40-some seventh graders that can only fit on a 12-man team, so it's going to be tough, so he had to work on his skills and do all that. I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to make it. But I, we were talking about, what's your dreams, Evan? And he's like, well, I, I want to I wanna be an NBA player. I said, okay. So I, I went and bought him uh, bulletin boards. And I, I, I gave him a little lesson on visions and dreams and putting a vision board together and dreams. So they have the things. And he has an NBA thing on there. He wants to play NBA, and he could probably do that one day. I said, but what's your second thing you would love to do? He said, I want to be a mechanic. Okay, NBA mechanic. I, 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 I don't know, but that's what he said. You know, and we all have hopes. We all have desires. We all have dreams. You have a dream home. You have something you want to do. You want to be debt free. You want to see somebody healed. We have a daughter. Our 13-year-old daughter was diagnosed with juvenile type 1 diabetes at the age of 5 years old. She's now on an insulin pump. She has to check her sugar every day, give her, and, you know, do the pump. Before that, she was giving herself her own shots. At seven years old, she was calculating how many carbs she was eating to determine how many uh, things of insulin she had to give herself. How many know that that gets weary? And, and we're a family that believes in miracles. We believe in healing. And it wrecked our life. You know what I mean? It was, it was just something else, but we've, we've managed. It's amazing that what you think is going to destroy you actually gives you authority. Okay? And I've realized that everything we go through in life is not just for our benefit, but most of the time God wants to use it for us to minister to somebody else. But we're believing God. And she has on her dream board, it says, keep calm and cure diabetes. 
Every night we thank God for healing diabetes. We thank God for finding a cure that we will go from type 1 to type none. All right? We believe that. We pray that every day. But there's some struggles with it. So she has her hopes and dreams that one day there's going to be a cure for diabetes. If not, we believe that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask, pray, think, dream, or hope for. Am I helping anybody right now? So here's what I want to tell you about. Expectations matter. I want to talk to you about the extraordinary power of expectation. The extraordinary power of expectation. Extraordinary people expect more from life. And when they expect more from life, they usually get more from life. You don't get what you deserve in life. You get what you expect. Jesus actually taught this. It was a real simple fundamental formula for praying to get results. I think a lot of times we focus so much on the problem that we don't put enough emphasis on the results. Right? So I want to show you how to do that tonight because I believe answers to our prayers can be a reality. I love what your pastor is going to be preaching in a couple weeks. Don't you miss that service. Do whatever you can because this is going to go hand in hand. Because listen, well, because what if you're praying and you're believing and you're expecting it's still not happening? Well, I'm not going to tell you. He's going to preach that to you in two weeks. So you've got to come back to church, all right? Number one is this. You have to believe impossible things are possible. You have to believe impossible things are possible. Mark 11 22 through 24 said it like this. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received and it will be yours. I mean, that's a real simple passage of scripture. But that's a verse of scripture that we should all memorize because here it is. Stop believing in the possible. Some of us got more faith in what's possible and not what's impossible. Extraordinary people believe impossible things can happen. They don't talk about the excuses. They talk about why it will be done. You have to believe things Listen, as you would have them be instead of as as they are. There's not a doubt in our mind every night. Yes, it's a battle with our daughter at times. And yes, she cries. And yes, she has days where her numbers are through the roof and so high and she can't even concentrate. And sometimes she just, it goes so low and it changes everything. But we believe. We still believe. We still expect. That has a, current situations doesn't have to stop your expectations. And so many of us backpedal and get so discouraged because the current situation is so overwhelming that sometimes we can't see the result. So you got to stop believing in the possible and start believing in the impossible. Because faith is simply this. Faith is simply living as though your prayer is already answered. It's, just, it's that simple. 
Expectation means this, to have a strong desire to be filled with anticipation, confidence in obtaining what you're hoping for, what you're expecting. It's that, it's that simple. Expectation believes whatever God says will come to pass. A lot of times, it's simply remind God of what he said. But also, with, through this passage of scripture that we just read, faith is also, expectation also believes what I say can come to pass. It goes beyond name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. I'm, I'm serious, okay? It does. It goes beyond that. That is like in the shallow end, folks. I'm talking about a deep love for what God says. And begin to say what God says. But you have to read what God says. Right? That's why you should be in the scripture. We should be in the scriptures every day. So listen, the law of belief is this simply. What a person believes in their heart with conviction, it becomes their reality. That's what the law of belief says. And listen, even the world has the law of belief. They got it. There's, there's inspirational speakers out there, motivational speakers, self-help books, The Secret, Mark Victor had some great stuff out there that all they've done is looked into the Bible and reworded it a little bit so that the common person who is not a Christian could understand. All right, are you with me? And they, they're creating people to have a belief that nothing is impossible. Well, so is Jesus. And so is Jesus. Look at Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible. Oh, did he just say that? He said that. All things are possible. There ain't no secret. That is it. That's it right there. All things are possible. What, what has been impossible to you? What has been your impossibility? What has been your struggle? What has been your battle? He said all things are possible for one who believes. You gotta believe. It's that simple. The law of expectation basically says this. We get what we expect out of life. But here's our problem. Here's what I struggled with at times. I allowed my somebody else's limiting belief to become my limiting belief maybe it was a well meaningful family member we all have them who you have this wonderful idea and then they tell you how stupid it is right and so many of us have not moved forward what we've been been believing before because of an aunt or an uncle who is sitting home on the recliner watching television for nine hours a day and you're basing your belief on their limited belief hello i did it had all these ideas and passions and desires and dreams and didn't go after them because somebody said well that that can't be done you know we need to get guts tenacity and look at them in the eye and say shut up Just like that. 
Now, I'd be in trouble because that's a, not a good word. We don't allow that word. You know, we don't let the kids say the word that shut up. You know, they're not allowed to do that. So my wife would be upset with me. So please don't tell her when you meet her, okay? <laughs> don't allow anybody else's limiting beliefs become yours. The only limits you have are the limits you believe. If you believe in the impossible, it's possible for you to, your belief to be limitless. Because he said all things are possible. Start believing impossible things are possible. You may want to tweet that. I need to start believing impossible things are possible. What has been impossible to you? Well, realize it can now be possible because you get what you expect. Listen, here's a good thought. Don't limit God down to the size of your brain. Don't limit God down to the size of your brain. Number two, let's go to number two. Number two is this. God makes extraordinary promises about what he does. You ready for this? When we simply ask. I'm convinced we've complained, but we haven't asked. I'm convinced. I'm just talking to me. I've whined and complained more than I've asked. And then I get real religious. Well, God knows my heart. He even, and I'll quote the Bible, Pastor Brett. He knows what I have need of before I even ask. It would be great if that was the only scripture then we'd never have to ask because he could always read your minds, right? Or read your spirits. No. No, I whined, I complained, or I just sulked in pity, self-pity. But we need to begin to start asking. I journal. I journal every morning. I'm a writer. I like to write, so I journal. And I began also years ago to write my prayers out. Okay? I, I can go back to journals from 25 years ago and, and, and look at prayers that I prayed. Dear God, I'm believing for this, 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 this. I remember the very first time. I, 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 three days after I graduated from high school, I moved to Indiana, South Bend, Indiana. My uncle pastored a church there. I was trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life. And, and so I had a call on my life. As he says, well, come to South Bend. We're building a new building. You can work on there, and you can just take the summer and figure out what you're doing. And, and you know, I, that summer happened, and uh, I got there, and I'm like, okay, I like, like it here. And I met a girl, right? You know, that's always the will of God, right? <laughs> and then we fell in love and married to her today. She was my aunt and uncle's nanny, right? Uh, and, and so, um, but I remember going, okay, I, got, I don't have a car. So I just, I just told God, God, I need a car. Problem is, I don't have any money. You better been there before, right? I don't have any money, but I need a car, God. So if I'm supposed to stay in South Bend, Indiana, I'm going to have to have a car. How many know that's a simple respect or a simple expectation? So here's what I did. I wrote in my journal back then. I was I was fishing one day. Who likes to fish? My God, that's you're like Jesus if you like to fish. I love to fish. Okay. I know I may not look like it, but I do. I love to fish. And um, I was fishing one day, and I put the pole down, and, and I began to write my prayer. I said, God, I want a car. And I'm not going to be too picky, God. 
I'm going to be open to whatever you would like for me to have. And you know what? Can I tell you that was like on a Friday? The following Sunday at church, David Mendenhall came up, come up to me and said, Rob, come here. I want to talk to you for a second. I'm like, hi, David. What's up? He's like, you know what? I was at work last week and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. I said, yeah, really? Well, so what, what's God telling you, David? I'm supposed to give you my car. Huh? I was like, what? I started crying. I started trembling. I laid hands on my head, fell out, picked myself back up again. You know? And, and he's like, well, hold on. You may not get too excited. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm happy. What, what, what is it? He handed me the keys. You ready for this, guys? To a 1977 Cutlass Supreme 350 V8. Come on, somebody. Okay, now, number two. I had a girlfriend. No bucket seats. The one seat across. Right? God knew, man. I know. He gave me a car. My first car was given to me. Because, you know what? I asked. I simply asked. I can tell you this from that point on. My wife and I have given probably four vehicles away. And the crazy thing is we just get, we get, we just pay them off. And Holy Spirit would say, yeah, they, that, that family needs that van. No, God, I need that van, right? No, God. And then I'm at a wedding and God speaks to me at a wedding. To give my van to this family. And I'm like, oh God, she's not going to go for that. Trish is not going to go for that. We just paid it off. And all of a sudden, about 15 minutes later, she comes over. She's crying. She goes, God said we're supposed to give our van away. I'm like, no, he didn't. (laughs) And I got to go back to what he said and what he did for me. Why sell it when I can sow it? Matthew 7, 7, 8. Am I good on time, Pastor? Okay. Ask, not whine, not complain. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Why did he say the same thing twice? Because we would question the first time he'd said it. Yeah, but what's the stipulations, right? It's, there was no stipulations. It was simply ask. The word ask means to want or desire something, to request, to inquire, to crave, to call or demand. John 14, let me give you another scripture. Verse 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to my father. Whatever you ask... Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And he says it again. Watch. If you ask me anything, what is your anything tonight? Does anybody have any anythings? If you look real deep in the dictionary, anything means anything. If you go to the Hebrew, it's anything. If you go to the Greek, the Italian, the Polish, the Spanish, Anything means anything. And Jesus, I'm just trying, here's, I'm 47 years old, 
okay? And this stuff is just now getting to me. And I'm going, okay, maybe he meant this. Maybe there was a, re- you know, I'm trying to re- look around it. My God in heaven, why don't we just take Jesus at his word? He says, if you ask me anything in my name, twice I will do it. Here's another verse, John 15, 7. Ready? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. Now he throws that creepy new, uh, new age-ish term out that all Christians are afraid of. We ban Disney for we when you wish upon a star. You can't wish upon a star. That's new age. Blah, blah, blah. Jesus says, I'm just messing with this. Come on. Ask whatever you wish. Does anybody here have any wishes? Let me see your hands. Did you feel bad about wishing for something? Because you've heard, you're not supposed to wish for something. Well, Jesus just gave us the right to wish. He said, go ahead and ask me for what you're wishing for. Yes, Jesus, a, a 2017 BMW 5 Series. Okay, right? Right? No, give me, you know what I want? I want a 1970s pickup truck, Ford. Or 60s, right? Come on. Throw my poles in, my, in the back and go. Right? Well, I don't know what you're wishing for tonight. I got a daughter that's wishing for healing. I got a son that's want, wishing for the NBA. I got a son that's wishing he could just graduate from the Ohio State University this year. <laughs> right? We all have our wishes and our desires, but here's what he said. Whatever you ask, you wish, it will be done for you. Anything. What's the anything are you praying for, asking for, or wishing for? Listen, if you want to see extraordinary answers and extraordinary results in prayer, then you have to be specific when you ask God for what you want for what you need or what you desire. Clarity is the key. And here's my thing. I think we expect God just to read our minds most of the times. I don't think we come boldly to the throne like the writer in Hebrew says. Pastor, I know I didn't. I wanted to be humble. Well, you know, God knows. Listen, when you begin to start asking, you'll begin to start seeing. My dad, Rusty and I's dad, five years ago, had a heart attack, massive heart attack, went in, found out he had five blockages, 80, 90, 90, 100, 100 blockage, went in, successful surgery, doctor in Steubenville, Ohio said, no, something's not right, I'm sending him to Pittsburgh, went to Pittsburgh Hospital, we're in Pittsburgh Hospital for a month, he's in ICU, he's not getting better, all of a sudden he gets better. Oh, good. So we're going to come back to Columbus. We drive back to Columbus. We're at, we're at a, a, a pastor friend of mine in Lancaster, Ohio. We're at their house having dinner. And all of a sudden, I get a call from my mother from Pittsburgh. Your dad is dying. He had coded. We leave. The, next, the same day we leave, he codes. He got out of ICU and was in a regular room. And he dies. All of a sudden, this man of faith, Lost it, right? No faith, right? I'm like freaking out. You know, the kids are crying. But our dear friends, Pastor Paul and Paula Bishop, immediately go into intercessory prayer. 
immediately started to declare some things in the Spirit. They began to say, he shall live and not die, and he will declare the works of the Lord. That's what God says. That's what it says in the Bible. He shall live and not die. And all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, I finally got a phone call from My mom says, he came through. But they said he had died three times and was dead for 15 minutes. Today he's well and whole and testifies of the goodness of God. He lives and has not died. 72 years old. We saw God do a miracle. I thought it was over. I thought this is it. Dad has going on to be with the Lord. He's a believer. He loves God. He loves his family. That's his reward to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. But I thought I'm not ready to lose my dad yet. Right? And God answered the prayer specifically. If you're not clear in your asking or your wishing, listen, faith cannot bring it to you. I'm just, here's what I'm doing in, in, when I go and speak at places. I am challenging you. I'm challenging people to, I'm daring them to ask. We have prayer requests, what we're asking for on, on our journals, on our, on our desk, in my bathroom, on my vision boards, right? It's ever, I say it every morning. There's something I'm pray, praying for, I'm asking for. You know what? I ask it every day. I ask it every day. Well, is it because you're struggling in faith? No, I'm going to be persistent. I'm not going to stop asking until it happens. Am I helping somebody? Reasons come first, answers come second. Why do you want what you need? James 4, 2, you desire and do not have, you murder, you covet, cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel, but you do not have, he says, because you do not ask. You know what he's saying? We try everything else except asking. We try everything else except praying. We usually make prayer the last resort. And I'm challenging us to make it the first thing that you do. It's the first thing you do. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Is anybody getting this right now? I'm so encouraging. I'm preaching to myself right now. You know, because I, I am seriously believing God for some things. Matthew 21, 22, Whosoever, whatsoever you ask in prayer, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Whatever and anything is the promise. What is your whatever? What is your anything? Here's what Job 22 says, verse 28. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. I love what the other translation says. What you decide on will be done. You will succeed in whatever you choose to do. Whatever you decide upon will happen. That's pretty bold, is it not? But that's what he says. You must know it's yours the moment you ask, is what Jesus basically said. You got to see it. Is there a picture on your board, on your refrigerator? What do you want? Whatever. Ask. I dare you. I double dog, triple dog dare you. 
Number three, this is my last point. God is faithful to back up everything he said. I, I, I believe it. I believe that. He doesn't lie. So if he says it in his word, or if he says it to you, he's not going to lie. Okay? Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Matthew 7, 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good, give good gifts to those who ask? There's that ask again. What's your big ask? Write it down. Write it, write, write it down right now. What's your anything? Write it down. What's your whatever? Listen, a, 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 short, a, a short pencil is better than a long memory. When you get my age, you need to write everything down. Right? I don't remember like I used to remember, right? Can't remember what I did yesterday. So I write it down. Expectation always sees the invisible, but it always believes the incredible and it receives the impossible. Here's what Numbers 23, 19 says. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Can I tell you whatever you're believing God for, God can do it with both hands tied behind his back with his eyes closed. Now he won't violate his I had a woman, when I was pastoring in Mansfield, she came into my office and she said, oh, pastor, God has heard me. I said, oh, cool, what? What's going on? I found my husband. Oh, okay, awesome. Tell me about him. She starts describing this guy that she had the hots for, right? And she said, but there's only one problem. I said, what's the problem? He's married. But God said he's my man. I said, oh, let me just talk to you for a second. Let me be your pastor and let me tick you off. You have not heard from God. God, has not, God will never break up a marriage. Okay? So what you need to do is realize that's not God's man for you. He belongs to somebody else, right? She got mad. No, God told me. I, I'm like, no, he didn't. He doesn't violate his word. Okay? Here's what he'll do for you. He, you say, God, find me a man. Make sure he's single and got a job. <laughs> right? And he's nice. Right? That's the qualifications. And then he'll find you one that's single and got a job. She left our church. She was mad at me. Just because you don't get everything, though, you want when you want it should never stop you from believing God. Just because it hasn't come yet, don't stop believing. I want to pray for you tonight. There's people here tonight, you are believing for something. You're asking for something. Maybe you're expecting something. And I believe really, to be honest with you, I think we all fall into that category.
So there's nobody here that's not going to get this prayer. Because I believe when God gives, he always exceeds our expectations. I believe God's getting ready to blow your mind. I believe somebody here is about to reap what they've been sowing. I believe if you are not weary, the Bible says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. The reason why we don't get what we wish and pray and believe for sometimes is because we faint. We give up. And we're not supposed to do that. So here's, here's the scripture right here. Matthew 18, 19 and 20. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by the Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. You notice Jesus uses the word agree. It's a demand of contract. It's to arrange a covenant. I am in agreement. If my friend Brett is believing God for something and he calls me and he says, listen, this is what I'm believing for. I'm going to come in covenant with him. I'm going to come in contract with him. And if I tell him I'm going to pray with him and pray for him, I'm not just going to think about it. I'm going to do that. That's what it means to agree. Don't walk away from the person and say, yeah, I'll pray for you. And you don't. Come on. No, before you walk away, just pray right then and there so you don't forget if you didn't write it down, right? He said, if two of you agree and ask for it, I'm asking God for us to get out of our apartment and get into our own home. I'm asking God to, uh, to get us debt, to help us be debt free. I'm asking God for my child to be healed. How many know God is going, that's my will. Yep, that's my will. Yep, oh, that's my will. Oh, yeah, that's my will. I remember seeking God for direction a couple years ago. Just real simple. God, I just, I need some direction. I, I, I'm restless right now. I need some direction. And I went to my uncle's father. He's in his 80s. And I said, Grandpa, friend, here's what I'm believing for. I'm kind of needing this. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get direction. And he's like, well, th- did you ask God? And I'm like, Well, I thought I did and realized I didn't. Here's what I was doing, stressing and worrying. That's what I was doing. So here's what I want you to realize. If you simply ask for the direction, he'll give you the direction. Whatever you're asking for. Would you stand with me tonight? And I know that all of us are here. And your need or your want may be different than my need or my want. I walked into this building tonight. This is amazing to me. You know why it's amazing to me? Because we're in a school. (laughs) And we have to set up. And we have to tear down. Ever somebody. You know what I mean? It's like five years. And I walked in this. I'm like, okay, God. If you did this for Pastor Brett, you can do this for me. Come on, he's going to stand right here, yeah. And so that's what I've been asking for. And, we're, and our team is going, listen, I, we know if we can just get a permanent spot, we can take this thing to the next level. Because, you know, you've done it. It wears people out. When you're working 40, 50 hours a week, and then you've got to be there three hours before service time to get that school ready, right? It gets weary, you know? And so I now have somebody that I'm in a, that's in agreement with me, 
Okay, that, he's the first friend that said that to me. I've had all my friends that say, well, man, I know something's going to open up for you. Right? I don't need something to open up. I need somebody to agree with me. And if they agree with me and I ask, it will be done. Here's a prayer that I wrote down. And I'm going to pray this over you. It's a prayer of expectation. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, I believe. Would you repeat that prayer for me? Say, Lord, I believe you are good and you desire to release into my life wonderful, unimaginable, miraculous, great and mighty things. Today I pray with large expectations by the power of the Holy Spirit through the name of Jesus Christ. Enlarge my vision. Increase my faith. And secure my future. And I believe whatever I ask Anything I ask, according to your will, it will be mine. In Jesus' name. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. Come on, come on, put your hands together. I hope, I hope you received that message tonight and it was a, it was a word of encouragement that you can take in your midweek and just start believing differently. Just start believing bigger. What are you believing for as a church? I want to encourage you. I've written a book called Divine Strategies for Success and there's like seven things in here that I believe will benefit uh, your walk in life. What the world calls success and what God calls success are two different things. And then this is a MP3 uh, on DVD, on, on a DVD, MP3 you put in your computers 31 messages um, that will help navigate you to have some sort of success in your life and significance. And there's also the ebook on it. So you get the, the hardback, the, the paperback, the ebook, and 31 um, messages on this to put on your phone, on your computer, whatever. And I've got, listen, I've got 20 left. That's it. When it's, when I'm, I'm, I'm like, they're gone, man. We're actually in the process of doing some new stuff, but I want to make that available to you. It's out there. It's just $20 for both of them together. And, um, and I'll even sign the books for you. But, um, there's a, a testimony in here, I think on page 19, about a time we ran out of gas in Wisconsin and we drove 19 miles with no gas in the car. And God put a gas station in the middle of two cornfields, um, and an angel, and didn't even charge me for gas. Um, so that, that testimony is in there, but it's just a book that will build your faith. God bless you. I love you folks, and I'm so glad to be your friend. Pastor.